Merry Christmas. Uh, I know that it's past Christmas, but we're still in the Christmas season. And so this morning, uh, before we ditch Christmas altogether and set our sights on the new year and make our, our plans for the new year, we're, gonna, we're just going to stay on Christmas for one, one more Sunday. We're going to do a little bit different. Uh, today's, we're going to emphasize missions, and we're going to talk about how that has to do with Christmas and how Christmas is a model for missions. So uh, if you would, would you join me in prayer as we get started? Father, we thank you for this great season. We thank you for Jesus, your son. We thank you that you stepped from heaven to earth and humbled yourself, made yourself as man so that uh, you could make a way, the only way for us to be your children and to be in right relationship with our Father. Lord, we thank you for your great love for us in that. And Father, we, we lift praise and worship to you this morning because of it. Um, Lord, I pray that this time this morning would be a time where we continue to reflect on the Advent season and on the first coming of Jesus and how that is an example for us to continue throughout this year on mission. Um, I pray that your Holy Spirit would stir in this place, that you would have said what you would have said, and that you would uh, have us hear what you would have us hear, that it wouldn't be our words and our ears and our takeover. Uh, help, have us comprehend only as, as you can have us do. Uh, so that we would know the great love that you have for us, so that we would uh, be called out of darkness and into marvelous light and be proclaimers of that to those who don't know you. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, uh, in your bulletins, is a scripture. It's John 17, uh, verse 18, and it's a very short scripture. It says, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And I've pulled this out this week specifically from a devotional from John Piper's uh, Good News of Great Joy Advent devotional. I didn't do it this year. I think we put it out on the, um, the city as one of the resources you might want to do. But in that devotional, he, uh, he has a section called the Christmas Model for Missions. And I thought this would be a good way to open up this morning is to just read this to you. And then we're going to actually hear from a couple missionaries among us and, and some mission opportunities that are going on. So he says this. Uh, John 17, 18, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And Christmas is a model for missions. Missions is a mirror of Christmas. So as I, so you. For example, danger. Christ came to his own and his own received him not. So you. They plotted against him. So you. He had no permanent home. So you. They trumped up false charges against him, so you. They whipped and mocked him, so you. He died after three years of ministry, so you. But there is a worse danger than any of these things which, ha which Jesus escaped, so you. In the mid-16th century, Francis uh, Xavier, a Catholic missionary, wrote to Father Perez about the perils of his mission in China, and he said this, the danger of all dangers would be to lose trust and confidence in the mercy of God. To distrust him would be a far more terrible thing than any physical evil which all the enemies of God put together could inflict on us. For without God's permission, neither the devils nor their human ministers could hinder us in the slightest degree. And John Piper continues, the greatest danger a missionary faces is to distrust the mercy of God. 
That's what I really want us to hear this morning. The greatest danger a missionary faces is to distrust the mercy of God. If that danger is avoided, then all other dangers lose their sting. God makes every dagger a scepter in our hand. As J.W. Alexander says, each instant of present labor is to be graciously repaid with a million ages of glory. Christ escaped the danger of distrust. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. So let's remember this Advent that Christmas is a model for missions. As Jesus came, as I, so you. And that mission means danger. And that the greatest danger is distrusting God's mercy. Succumb to this and all is lost. Conquer here and nothing can harm you for a million ages. So today, we're going to hear about some mission opportunities and about some missionaries among us and how we can pray for them, and how we can support the mission, and how we can send them out, and how we can even help fund them. Um, And I'm going to ask us, as we hear, to ponder and even begin to think about how we can act on Jesus' words here, that as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. I'm going to get us going, because we've got two parts to this morning. And um, So first, I'm going to bring up Sarah Johnson. Sarah Johnson's going on mission to England. And uh, she's going to share a little bit about that for us and and give a little presentation and uh, tell you what we can do to be a part of that. Good morning. Um, I know I'm a new face to most of y'all. As been said, my name's Sarah. Um, I am actually have only been um, living in Augusta since September. I'm here in transition as I prepare to go to England. Um, So since I'm new, I wanted to... I'm going to tell you about my mission, but I wanted to start off with just some background of my story and what brought me here. Um, So I have been living in Atlanta for the past um, six years, but I'm actually a native of Augusta. Um, And I was uh, saved at a local church nearby when I was about 10 years old. Um, And uh, kind of my, there's one particular verse from uh, Psalms 30 that pretty much sums up my testimony. And it's, you turned my mourning into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy so that my well-being can praise you and not be silent. The Lord my God, I will thank you forever. Um, As I said, I got saved when I was 10, but unfortunately, my spiritual growth was stunted um, for several reasons. One, there was just a lack of discipleship that I received, um, and the church culture I was in at the time was very legalistic and rules-focused. And then also... um, On top of all of that, I had a very complicated relationship with my father, which led to me having abandonment issues that I projected onto God. So I spent a lot of my faith early years believing that God would abandon me. Um, And my complicated relationship with my dad, um, and that's him, by the way, embracing me in that picture, um, I still held up the hope that things would get better. So I kind of built my life around this hope that eventually I would have this amazing relationship with my dad. Um, But on January 5th of 2006, almost 10 years ago, my dad passed away. And with him, that hope was just washed away. Um, And I just sank into grief because that's what I had built my life around. Um, But God intervened and he really pursued me and he pulled me out of... Um, just that dark space. And um, for the first time ever, I had a real relationship with God and began to understand his just unconditionalness as the father. Um, and he healed, he's 
through the past 10 years, he's healed me of a lot of the dad stuff. Um, and he's just given me this abundant life. And part of this amazing abundant life is that he made one of my biggest dreams come true, um, which was to travel to England. I've loved England um, since I was a very small child. Um, and I've always dreamed of going. And so in April 2013, he gave me the opportunity to go. Um, and it just solidified my love for England. I got to... Um, just meet with and encounter a lot of the just awesome people there. They were all very warm and generous. And um, I pretty much fell in love with every British person I met over there. Um, and I, uh, but it also opened my eyes to the spiritual need there. And there was just a general um, atmosphere of just a universalist, all religions are right, um, it's all the same God type mentality, to uh, I saw atheism and Islam and even like paganism and New Age stuff. Um, so I just left England very much in love, but also very much burdened for these people. Um, and so what happened next, um, I kind of, I kept running into um, just articles and reports about the decline of Christianity and the rise of atheism and other religions. Um, and some of, just to share with you and give you a foundation, some of the statistics I found um, in with the 2010 census, there's 62 million people in the UK, 60% of that claim to be Christian, but only 8.8% .8 of that are evangelicals, and of that 8.8%, .8 only a third regularly attend church. So on the surface, it looks like a Christian place, because it's still very cultural, but once you scratch that surface, you find that a very small percentage actually practice the faith. Um, and so I took this information and I approached my pastor in um, Atlanta. Uh, it's, I go to Renovation Church, which is another Acts 29 church. And they connected me to Acts 29 Europe who ha that has a program where you can serve in their churches. And so um, they partnered me with uh, the Bridgeway Church, which I will be serving um, for about two years. I know the Dates don't add up to two years. I was originally planned to leave um, in September of this year, and so I got my visa for September of this year, and that didn't work out, but my, my visa expires in September of 2017. So it just depends on if I'm able to get that visa renewed. So it'll be, it's kind of open-ended. It's anywhere from one and a half or two, to two and a half years that I'll be over there. Um, but in any case, I'll be helping Bridgeway start up a youth outreach because they don't have one. Um, so it'll be specifically targeting young ladies ages 11 to 16. Um, and the reason why I'm going to be working with this age group is because that's what I've been doing for the past over two and a half years at Renovation Church um, with these awesome girls behind me. Um, they're, we call them D-group girls. They're discipleship groups. Um, and they, would, they ranged um, through the years between 11 and 16. And it was really awesome to get to see them grow in God. Um, and specifically, just personally for me, with my story, this was the age where I really missed out on discipleship and really needed it. So I have, you know, for that reason, I have a real passion for serving this age group. Um, so, uh, and why it's specifically important for the UK, um, this uh, statistics have shown when it comes to youth that the UK leads Europe in issues like sex, teenage sexual activity, STDs, teen pregnancy, abortion, binge drinking, drug abuse, violent crime, and uh, non-participation in school or the workplace. So this age group definitely needs stable adults pouring into their life. They need mentorship. Um, 
And then also the uh, churches in general in England have really lacked in reaching out to this age group. And so because of that, there's whole generations growing up that have never heard the gospel. Um, and it's, you know, they're definitely missing out. So there is a huge burden there for this age group. Um, and also uh, churches with a vibrant uh, youth and children's program tend to be growing churches. So it'll bless Bridgeway to build up this ministry and it'll bless the kids in Manchester as well. Um, so back to Bridgeway, why I uh, am excited to be working with them. Um, they, uh, I went to their website when I first heard about them and was looking at this video they had of their congregation talking about what Jesus has done in their life. And it just, I just immediately felt connected and invested and just loved these people. And so I was really excited to work with them. And then from the first time I Skyped with their pastor, um, it was just one of those things where God lined it up. So all of uh, their needs were kind of answered in my skills, and all of my concerns were kind of answered in Bridgeway, and it was just a really awesome moment. Um, and Bridgeway is actually kind of strategically located. It's, as I said, uh, 20 minutes from Manchester City Center, and the uh, 2010 UK Census called Manchester the capital of single people without religion. So this is a place with a lot of need. Um, so if you'll indulge me for a moment, I'm going to share... Um, the Bridgeway video that made me fall in love with them because for one, it'll give you good context of the people I'll be working with. And also it's just really encouraging to hear people talk about what Jesus has done in their life. So we'll do that now. My name is Richard Charles. Um, only just becoming a, a literally a Christian in the last couple of months. Um, only just recently been saved in the last couple of months. Jesus has impacted my life phenomenally, from a range of meeting new people, understanding the Bible. The craziest thing is, I have people here that I used to do music with before I was a Christian, before they were Christians, and God just sort of worked in a, in a way where we're all musicians and we just happened to become. Christians and um, now we're doing music for God as well and it's just changed our lives, changed my life personally so much that I just can't really fathom to explain. God is too gracious for me. I'm Megan Thornley, hi, um, and Jesus has impacted my life a lot, especially with insecurity in looks and, and the fashion and he's just basically told me that it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, I love you for you and your heart and that's the only thing that matters to me so therefore you cannot pretend to be somebody that you're not and basically that's all he said to me a lot. Hi I'm Catherine I'm 50 years old I've got nine children and six grandchildren um, and I just want to say that Jesus um, is my Lord and Master he's proved himself to be true and faithful to his word um, and I love him. <laughs> uh, hi, um, I'm Anna, um, I'm German, I came from Germany um, to England and I'm married now. Jesus changed my life, I've 
it down and I sprayed and I don't know what I can say because Jesus changed my life so much and I'm so happy and my life was so messed up and I was really almost ready to kill myself, moved 18 times around the whole world, never really finding my home and now I'm settled and I'm in a great church and I love my husband and I just, I'm just looking forward to um, serve the Lord and to bring him all the glory and looking forward to what the Lord has prepared. God bless. My name is Kingston Ho. And how has Jesus impacted my life? Um, well, he just made me really aware of my sin. Um, for a long time, uh, Jesus was being really persistent. Uh, just, just putting people in my life. Um, he was telling me the gospel. So, I, so I'd heard the gospel numerous times, and I knew it intellectually, but I didn't know it in my heart. Um, and then Christmas Day, 2010, um, I just couldn't, couldn't couldn't stay away any longer basically. God was just pulling me and, and then he just drew me to the point where I just said to him, you know, I can't change myself. I tried to change myself so much and I just couldn't couldn't do anything. I didn't have the power to change myself. Um, it was just God. Hi, my name is Blessing and this is Malachi, my son. Um, I just think Jesus is amazing. You know, he's impacted my life in every way that you can think, like, just amazing. In, in one word, I would just say that he's a saviour. Um, that doesn't even make sense, but I love Jesus and he's awesome. And I just want to save him for the rest of my life and worship him in heaven for eternity. Hello, my name is David Moore. Wow, Jesus' impact in my life in a big way. Five years ago, he just totally changed my life. And from one week, um, just hating God completely, didn't want nothing to do with Jesus. Through a series of events, I realized that I was a sinner and that I was in need of, of Jesus. And I didn't really know much, I just knew that believing in him, dying on the cross, would save me from my sin. And, so I, I turned to him by his grace alone and then came, got born again by the Holy Spirit and yeah, best decision that I've ever made and I'm thankful that he chose me before the foundation of the world, baby. Let my light shine, my light shine. So I just love how genuine they are. Um, but the only way I'm going to get to serve with these awesome group of people um, is with support. Um, so this is where I ask you to become a part of my team. Um, I need a grand total of $2,000 a month in monthly support. I'm currently at 70% of that, so I have another $600 a month to go. Um, and that look could look like 20 supporters giving $30 a month. Um, and I don't want to discourage if you feel called to give a different amount or even if you only feel called to give one time. Um, but on January 20th, I turned 30, so I think it's really fun to have 20 people supporting me at $30 a month by the time I turn 30. Um, so I always like to um, include this verse. Um, the people were filled with joy because they had given willingly, wholeheartedly they had given willingly to the Lord. And David the king too was completely filled with joy as he blessed the Lord before the entire community. Blessed be you, Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. And that's First Chronicles 29, 9-10. Um, and I just like sharing that because um, it just shows how giving 
uh, fills you with joy and it's an act of worship and it creates worship both for the giver and for the receiver and ultimately for the people I'll be serving in England. Um, so I just like to give that context. Um, and just a note, because I know I said um, kind of the years I'll be there is wonky. I'm just asking for a two-year commitment as far as supporting me. And if I leave earlier, I'll send out, you know, you'll know that ahead of time so you can stop support. If it goes longer, you know, we can reevaluate if you want to keep supporting me or not. Um, so how you can get involved I'll have, um, at the end of service, I'll have leaflets if you're interested in supporting me that'll walk you through how you can support me. I'm actually, all my funding is going through Crossworld because Acts 29 is an ascending uh, organization. I got matched up with Crossworld. They're partnering with me to um, just help process my stuff. And so uh, all money will go through them and that'll guarantee that all donations will be uh, tax re uh, refundable. Um, even if you don't uh, feel call to give um, financially, um, or even on top of that, I can always use prayer as always, always uh, appreciated, um, specifically that God will call um, believers to join the mission field in the UK and that they will answer that call because there's a huge need there. Um, that Bridgeway Church will grow to be able to reach all of Greater Manchester. Um, for the youth I'll be discipling, that they will be, um, just their hearts will be open, both to hearing about God and then also to building a relationship with me, and that God will bless me with deep relationships in the UK with both believers and non-believers. Um, also, I have newsletters. Um, I actually have physical copies, which you can pick up at the end of church, and you can sign up on my e newsletter so you can keep up with my my journey and ways uh, you can continue praying for me. And then also um, just spreading the news. If you know anyone who's interested in England or working with youth and would like to hear my story, even if they're not believers, this can be a really great opportunity to share the gospel. So definitely meet with me after service and I'd love to talk to you about that. Um, and so, yeah, just thank you for this time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for this opportunity to talk with y'all. Um, I love sharing this because it always just gets me pumped about going, so I really appreciate this opportunity. Family Serving Families is a family development ministry through which we identify families within our community with the greatest needs to partner with. It's not just another sponsorship program. Through the FDM, we care for the child and the whole family. This ministry gives us as a church an entry point to know the partner families, establish long-term relationships, and see them meet Jesus while providing their child with an education. We have a small but committed number of volunteer church members working as patrons who are investing themselves deeply in knowing and sharing lives with the families. Parents have the responsibility to be actively engaged in their child's education, provide the school requirements, and participate in monthly community service organized by Sojourn Church. We believe it enables families to maintain their dignity. We engage with the FDM families by visiting them at home regularly. During these visits, we get to talk to them, share the gospel, pray with them, and get to know how we can serve them better as a church. Some parents get more involved in church community, gathering and spending time with our people. We also engage and disciple the children through community groups, monthly gatherings where we have Bible studies and fun activities like sports tournaments and trips to new places. 
Here we spend time together establishing deeper relationships. One testimony of Christ's saving work is Florence Confession. She and her two daughters became part of FDM two years ago. Florence has been participating in community work and spending time with our fellow sojourners. A month ago, she confessed Christ before our church and is now a part of our church family. Our long-term goal is to see Christ transforming the hearts and lives of these families in many ways. To see the FDM families reaching a place where they're financially self-sustained, able to provide for themselves without outside help. We want to see children get an education, giving them an opportunity to hope for a better future. We want to see unemployed and often uneducated parents and caregivers find a way to provide for their family. We want to see relationships built up and strengthened within our community. All right, so that video there was uh, from Sojourn Church in Uganda, where uh, Tommy and I went this past February, and where we will be taking a small team uh, this February and March. So um, where we're going, we're gonna go to Uganda. This is the team, it's gonna be Chris, Tommy, Karen, Sarah, and myself. We're gonna go back and um, go back there to Sojourn. And so that video is taken in the Wabigalo slum, where Sojourn Wabigalo is, and that's the actual space where we'll be. There's water dripping on me. Anyways, um, uh, <clears throat> so that's where we spent time last year, and uh, the, the church was planted there in Wabigalo slum. They've uh, gone, and gone in and just built relationships with the people in the community and uh, started reaching people, and it's really encouraging to see what's happened there. Uh, you know, people have become Christians, kind of gotten, been discipled by the guy who went over there to planet Dan, and, um, and now those guys are being raised up. They're pastoring their own churches and being sent out from sojourn in, in neighborhoods that are next door. So it's really encouraging stuff to see, and we're looking forward to going back. And uh, anyways, what I want to do is, where's Sarah? Sarah? Sarah, Sarah. Sarah's going to come up because she's going with us. And I would bring everybody up here, but everybody else is serving. Or, and Chris is out of town, I think. But uh, they're, they're serving back in the children's ministry this morning. But we're just going to talk to you very briefly about what we're going to be doing in Uganda. So I just thought it'd be fun if we interviewed Sarah so you didn't just have to hear from me. Uh, so Sarah, Hi. you're just getting to go. And uh, what, would, uh, what would you say made you want to go to Uganda with us on the upcoming trip? Um, want is an interesting word. I, um, when you guys came back and shared, um, about your trip last year, I just kind of knew I was going to go, but it wasn't really a want thing. I've actually, with the exception of Hawaii, never been off the North American continent. Um, I'm not really a fun traveler, <laughs> which is going to be great for the team. Wow. Like, we. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just, I guess there's a lot of stories to tell. And the video is, um, it's already, it's just kind of the tip of the iceberg about the ministry, the active ministry that's going on there currently. And there's so much that we can do in our relationship with Sojourn Church long term. And that's kind of what I'm good at. Maybe not so much on stage, but just person to person, social media, through 
events where I'm talking to people, just kind of spreading the message, making it really personal. Like these are people that we can know their names, we can know who we're impacting, we can hear their stories. And that's kind of why I want to go is so that I can tell the story here. Yeah. So if you don't know already, so we went to Uganda in February and it was just me and Tommy and we went just to kind of check it out and see if there was anything for us to do there. It was kind of weird. But we met up with these folks at Sojourn. We did a little ministry with them. We found out about the FDM ministry, which is what they're saying in the video, which stands for Family Development Ministry. And what that does is they, in Uganda, everybody has to pay for school. Okay, all the kids have to pay for school. And most people can't afford it. And so what they do is they raise funds from North America and such to pay for these kids to go to school. And then Sojourn goes out and brings kids into that. They pay for them to go to school, but they use it as a door into the houses. And they get to meet with the families and the families help with the, the projects and whatnot. And so what we're trying to do with this trip, I think, and why Sarah's gonna be great for us to go with us, is to just kind of more establish our relationship there so that we can bring it back and continue that relationship, like spread it here and get more people involved with it. Um, you kind of hit on it already, but are you super excited to go? <laughs> um, nervous excitement? <laughs> Is that a thing? Um, yeah, I think, I think the thing that's really neat about any mission opportunity that you've not done before is it's an opportunity to take a step out of your comfort zone. And so I'm excited to grow and change. And um, I'm excited for the opportunity to be generous um, just in a way that's not financial, but generous, a generous spirit. Like I feel like it's really awakened in me, like an ability to be like, you know, like I'm not really sure what to expect, <laughs> um, but I'm excited to give that time and I'm excited for the prayer that's already going into the trip and the people who've already supported me through prayer and finance and the other members of the team. Like, it's just a really neat, I'm excited about the amount of generosity that's already overflowing and we haven't even gone yet. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that I'm terrified to go. And I went last year. Um, I don't know if any of you guys are world travelers and maybe you love it and you get excited about that. I don't. And it's probably because I have three little kids at home. Like the thought of leaving my kids and going on like halfway around the world, I just assume I'm going to die and leave them fatherless. And that's bad. But, uh, and so that's, that's honestly the truth. That's, I really wrestle with that. I think I've shared that with you before. And that's why I wanted to share this, this, uh, this week and it's that one line out of the John Piper thing that I read this morning is that uh, the greatest danger a missionary faces is to distrust the mercy of God. And if that danger is avoided, then all other dangers lose their sting. I think there's a little bit of a call there for me personally is to say, do I trust God's mercies? Do I trust that he's good? Do I really trust that he's a good and loving father? And that no matter what happens, it's for the best and that it means that it's a mercy, right? And so it's an opportunity for me just to act on that, uh, that trust so that, that kind of helps me go. And I, I'm hoping that that kind of translates to you this morning too as we are talking about these different opportunities. I also want to think, like we said, like as Jesus came, so, so we're meant to be sent. And Jesus stepped into a lowly manger, you know, and stepped into uh, with the tax collectors and he stepped in with the woman at the well. And I wonder, like, we always talk about the Great Commission is about as we go, you know, make disciples. But let's not lose the part that it is actually taking a step and actually going and actually doing something. You don't have to go to Uganda 
but you do got to step in where you, are, where you are at, and you might need to step in and help those who are actually going overseas also. Um, we'll just wrap this up. But So what are we going to be doing over there? We're going to be working with the Family Development Ministry. Development Ministry will actually be in that neighborhood, maybe cleaning out those sewer ditches and getting really disgusting or something like that, and working with the families. And we're just helping Sojourn uh, build relationships with the people in their neighborhoods. Um, what do you really hope that we bring back from doing that? What do you hope that comes back? Well, I think the ministry that's going on over there, like we're not even going to make a dent compared to what they're already doing. Um, so I really just want us all to be able to tell the story of the different things. Um, Karen, for instance, is a nurse, and I know at least she will travel out to the rural clinic and see what's going on there. And I just want to come back with a whole bunch of different options for Redemption Church to support um, Sojourn Church and just really just have us, I don't know, I mean, I already said it, but I just want us to experience an overflow of the generosity of spirit, just knowing that this is a long-term relationship that we have with this church. Um, It's just a really neat opportunity, so I want to be able to share what's going on over there by having seen it firsthand. And I'm going to let Sarah kind of share what, what we need for the trip. Yeah. Uh, we have five team members, and each team member has a goal um, of raising $2,000. Uh, that's actually fairly reasonable, I guess, as far as trips go. And that's helping us pay for yes. the projects and stuff we're doing there also. Yeah, so there is the opportunity to give that way. Um, there is a strong need for prayer. There's nothing better that you all can do then pray for us as we prepare, as we go, um, be praying for Sojourn Church already and the ministries they're doing. Um, And then as we get closer to the trip, the church and the clinic will give us a list of things that we can donate as far as vitamins and just different things like that that we can take over with us from the U.S. Um, So we'll provide a list. But you can check out any updates like that at redemptionchurchga.com slash Uganda and we'll just have information there as we get closer. Absolutely. Y'all give Sarah a hand. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. All right, so this morning we got to talk about Sarah going to England. We're talking about a few folks from Redemption who are going to Uganda. And, uh, you know, we're actually, we're inviting you in to be a part of that. And I gotta tell you, it's really hard I know it's hard for Sarah to come up here and ask for people to help fund. I worked with Campus Crusade for Christ for a little bit, and to do that, you have to raise all your own money, and I raised like $100 a month because I'm really, really bad at asking people for money. Uh, it's a really difficult thing to do, and, and to understand that you're not really asking people for money, you're actually inviting them into something, and that, that God has something for us in our giving, you know, that that's something he's actually calling to us to, not just for the obedience, not just for the discipline of it, but because he has something there for you. There's something like, like Sarah's talking about, like this is an opportunity for her to be generous and spread generosity, and this is a chance for us to be generous and spread generosity. I'm not going to just harp on it and say, please give us money. That's not the point. I just want you to understand nobody's trying to twist anybody's arm or, or anything like that this morning, but we're just inviting you into that. And also, when we say prayer is needed as a support. I think that sometimes that comes across as like a secondary thing. 
that's ridiculous, okay? We really do need the prayer. Like, and these churches in these places really do need your prayers. And the people in Augusta really need your prayers. And this church really needs your prayer. You know, we want to see people. I want to make a video like the one we just watched from England at Redemption Church. You know, next year, wouldn't it be cool if we had a video made where people are able to share brand new faces that had their lives changed this year? That's what we want to be doing here. This isn't just something we're sending people to do elsewhere. We want it done here. So that's why we're going. Honestly, that's, our, that's my goal in us going to Uganda is that we'll see what they're doing in their context. Sometimes you got to get out of where you are to see, see what uh, minister, being a missionary looks like at your home. Does that make sense? So we're going to see how they do it in their home, and I, I hopefully it'll bring us back passionate for that. So we're inviting you into that. Uh, and if you want more information on either of those things, you can see either one of the Sarahs out there afterwards. And I'll probably be out there also. And I think that there's some information on Uganda. It looks like this, and it's at the guest services table. Um, so this morning, I'm just going to leave us with this. Um, like I said, we're inviting you into that. We want you to be a part of it through prayer, through funding, um, through just uh, we'll be able to do, we're going to give soccer balls and all kinds of stuff to go to Uganda, so that'll be fun. But I, I would ask you this, what does your life look on mission, look like on mission right now? Does that make sense? What does your life on mission look like? And what should it look like? I would just ask you to ask those two questions. What does your life on mission look like, really? And what should it look like? Maybe to begin to think about how you're going to get from what it is to what it should be. And are you trusting in his mercies and following God's lead? Because I think trusting his mercy can look so different for each one of us. For some of us, for me, it's going to be to step on a plane and go because I'm scared to death of being that high in the air. Okay, and I have to trust God's mercy on that. Uh, for some of us, it's writing a check to help somebody. That could be a trusting in his mercy. For some of you, it's going to be striking up a conversation at the coffee pot at work or whatever. So I would just ask you, what's your life look like on mission? What should it look like? And are you trusting in his mercies and following his lead? Just as he was sent to us and he stepped into a lowly manger, so we're called also to go and to step into the lowly places among us, into the darkness, and call people to his marvelous light. So I'm inviting you into that this Christmas as we think back on his first coming and hope in his second. Um, now over the next few minutes, we're going to have a time of response and we're going to take communion. The band's going to come up and they're going to lead us in uh, some songs of worship and uh, there'll be a, there's an opportunity for you to give uh, your tithes and offerings. There's a basket back there at the back. With communion, the way we do it is you come down the center aisle and then go either way. Uh, break off the bread, dip it in the wine or juice. And what we're doing when we do this is we're reminding each other that we believe that this is real, that he really is who he says he is. He's really done what he said he would do. And what we talked about all December is this true tall tale of Christmas. We're saying this is a true story. We believe that he actually came. We're remembering what he came to do, which is to make a right relationship between us and our Father. And we're confessing that to each other and calling us back to trust in his mercy. So if you're a Christian and you're free to come and take, we invite you to come and take and confess that with each other and, and to remind each other uh, in your taking. And if you're not uh, a Christian, if you don't know Jesus, I ask that you just, 
I pray that you're able to hear, that you listen to what we're saying. We're saying this is real. Jesus has changed our life. Jesus is not, this is not a fairy tale from 2,000 years ago. It's real. Jesus really came. He came for you. He's died. He's rose again, and he's made a way for you to be in right relationship with your father. You need him, and he came to rescue you. We believe it, we know it, because we've experienced it. We want you to have it also. So if you're not a Christian, we pray that you hear what we're doing. Sit where you are, hear that, reflect on it. If you need to talk, grab me, grab anybody else, and I'll I'll be glad to talk to you or pray with you as well. Um, Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you again for this season. We thank you again for a time to reflect on the coming of Jesus, for a time where we can remember that... uh, that you stepped in, that you came and made a way for us, that you love us, you went out for us, that you, you go before us, you go behind us, and you go out for us and rescue us. And this, this means we can trust you. You've proven that we can trust you. We, you've proven your power over sin and death, and you've proven that you have great love for us that is unstoppable. What do we not have to trust? So Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in our hearts to be reminded this morning of that. And that as we go out through this week and even into 2016, Lord, do we approach this week, this year, with the eyes of, uh, so that we see this year through your eyes. And we see those we come in contact through your eyes. And that as we see the way that you see, we would love the way that you love, and we would live the way you'd have us live. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.